Hello, person, and welcome to Anthem of Life. We are having a blast with this show, and we just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for listening and to share a few highlights from 2023. If you're enjoying the show, please help us amplify the anthem. Sharing with a friend, posting on the interweb, and taking a moment right now to rate and leave a glowing review for our show on Apple Podcasts all helps, and we certainly appreciate it. When we were picking our first episode, Sarah fought for Trains Meet Virginia with guest Amanda Blake Davis to be it. ABD brought such a wild, free, and playful character that it really captured everything that we wanted to do with the show. Here's Amanda Blake Davis's take on Virginia. The river is a treasure trove, you know? You put a stick out there and wait for things to just get caught on it, bring in your haul, and then I'll just go through it. Like after a week, I'll go through the the, the pile of things I've uh, drug out of the lake or the river, and I'll I'll make stuff out of it. Oh, that'll do. Do you have it. different sticks, or do you just have oh, like? Yeah, yeah. This, I mean, this whatever stick, stick. Yeah, I, I I have a an everyday stick that I keep in the house. But like, yeah, I'm not opposed to using whatever stick is out there. Because I was trying to figure out like if it had like a little hook on it, a little bucket on the end. Oh or something. no, no, no! It's not fashioned in any mechanical way or anything. It's it's literally just a stick, and it just happens like whatever will catch on it. Because a lot of things would just go past a stick, <laughs> yeah. just yeah. roll off a stick. Yeah, you can't catch a can. I mean, unless you're catching it this way. Yeah, you got you to gotta be really... <laughs> Once the current's going this way, you have to catch it. see <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah, a bottle. You'd have to like kind of <laughs> get it on the inside of the bottle. Otherwise, the bottle's just rolling off the stick. Two round things bumping into each other. <laughs> God, it's so funny when you say it like that. Yeah, but you should see the stuff that catches on my stick. Yeah, that's really what we wanted the show to be. Just fun. And we kept that going in episode two with Peter Fluet embodying the role of Bad Bad Leroy Brown from the song by Jim Croce. I had a great time meeting Leroy in a pool hall in New York City. Would you say that pool cue is a reflection of your philosophy on life? Like if something breaks, you put it back together again? Uh, You have to. You have to. This is a hard world. Let me tell you that right now. You know, I was born in New York City, started off as a Broadway baby, you know what I mean? Like a, like a little kid actor. Now, that's a brutal life. You know, I was what was called a fall down, go boom, baby. You know, basically you bring this kid out, he falls down, everybody has a good laugh, you know. Uh-huh. Used mainly in Les Mis to lighten the mood. Oh, so that picture at the bar is you. Yeah, that's me falling down. That's me oh, falling down. Yeah. great. It's part of the unions, right? It's part of the unions. It's it's something that's in the contracts, the union contracts saying, hey, you're doing this production in New York? You better have a fall down, go boom, boy. It's something that started in the 19, early 1900s, you know, when vaudeville was a big thing. And that contract has stayed ever since. I don't care what you see. If you go see Wicked, you're going to see some monkey fall down and go boom and be like, hey, that's a little boy in that suit. He's falling down. He's making everybody laugh, making everybody happy. That's what I like to do. I like to make people happy. Now, why did you end up getting out of the biz? Well, I was not attractive. And I'm not exactly good with uh, learning words on a page, as in I get furious at having to read. And if there's one thing I've noticed about plays, so many words. I know these. We all know these stories. We tell each other these stories. We're right now having a story together. Why do we need words for it, right? What, what is anything on Broadway historically accurate? Just make it up as you go. I wish there was an art form where you could just make it up where you go. You know what some people call that? Life. Life, you make it up as you go. That's very good, Doc. I like that. I like that. I like that. 
Anthem of Life was concocted by Mary Pat, Sarah, and I over about a year, chatting about this, messing around with that. And the first test we did of kind of how the show would flow was me interviewing Mary Pat as Brandy from the song Brandy, You're a Fine Girl by The Looking Glass. That messing around became episode three. Here's MP as Brandy. I make a lot of these little uh, bone daggers. If I use them, they come up here. You only use them once. And then they come and they go onto my dagger wall. Now, you saw the biggest one, which is why it was beside itself. But if you had turned around, you would have seen up on the wall, there's 40 or 50 ones. All have a little blood on them. And if you look right here on my thigh, that's one hasn't been used. The sailors are fine. They're well and good. They like to get drunk. They're imaginative. They fall in love easy. And sometimes they grab you in just the wrong way. And then they got to get stabbed. And obviously you've done this over 40 times. Oh, boy. Well, I've been here a while. Yeah. Uh, Just a a pitch. You could move that wall of daggers down as maybe a deterrent to say, hey, guys. Not a bad idea. I'll think about it. But there's something I like about the surprise of it. And then they'll talk about it more. The word on the street is that Brandy's going to stab you if you get out of line. So, yeah, I like the pending threat. Fear is the best deterrent. Around episode four, we began to realize that each episode was going to be its own thing because there's a different song and a different improviser each time. So when I met Sean Cowick as Edgar the Werewolf hanging out at Trader Vic's in London, it kind of clicked that I wanted to be ready for anything our guest threw out. What about the person that that turned you into a werewolf? You're not still friends with them? You don't hang out with them? We are. We know each other. Mm -hmm. We keep up. There's a little bit of, um, there's something between us, right? Uh, I guess you could say it's almost a uh, friends with benefits type relationship. Oh, um, wow. It was a chance encounter. Uh, it turned very romantic. Uh, we ended up back at my place. We did exchange information, um, but I did wake up alone. And as it turned out, you know, in a moment, things happen sometimes. And, mm. uh, you know, I got bit. And I thought it was just, you know, all kind of sexual biting. But as it turned out, it was a uh, lifelong uh, curse for the rest of time. How do you, how do you maintain a relationship with somebody who cursed you? Well, I, I mean, I look at it like um, me, you know, she wanted to meet up so bad again. She wanted me to, you know be around longer and um, have a similar lifestyle, I guess, you know? A long-term relationship? Well, right, because I'm I'm aging slower. Mm -hmm. I don't think she wanted a long-term relationship. I think she wanted, you know, a friends with benefits type thing that she could come back on, you know, uh, 80, 90 years from now. In episode five, Jillian Bellinger surprised us, killed it, and made us think with her wholly unique take on the little old lady from Pasadena. Are you an artist of uh, of some ilk? Of all ilks. Uh, I've dabbled in painting. I also did a little bit of modeling in my younger years. I also consider myself a relatively uh, sufficient cook. I do a lot of work with canned vegetables and uh, cottage cheese and fruit. I also have a decoupage, a penchant for decoupage, if you know what I mean, uh, which means I do it a little bit. I did actually apply for a MacArthur grant. Wow. Yeah, in decoupage. 
that's what the majority of those grants go for, I, yeah, I believe. Ma- well, things that can change the world, which obviously sort of makes media art, yeah. brings a transformation to so many societies, right? Everyone has things that can have other things clear lacquered on top of them. The incredible Zabeth Russell chose the song Deborah by Beck and took us on a wonderful journey as Deborah's twin sister, a girl whose name is not Jenny. My sister will have a boyfriend, and then when she gets done with him, she passes him off to me. So she's like, I don't want this one. Do you want him? I'm like, well, if he's right there, you know, because then it saves me the trouble of like going out to find, like, he already knows what I look like because I look like her. And so it's kind of like, why not? It just, it's just such a time saver. The thing is, my sister has a real big mouth, right? So when she's dating these guys, she tells me everything that's wrong with them. Mm. And she's a pretty pessimistic person. So by the time they get to me, I only know the bad things about them. And I've really got my eye out for that. So I'm kind of ready to break up with them before I even get together with them. What's the longest any of those relationships have lasted? Gosh, I want to say like 18 hours because like, yeah, that was, I had a lot of coffee and I didn't sleep a lot that day. So you would consider 18 hours a long-term relationship for you? For me, definitely. Because I can go as short as like 20 minutes. A lot of people only know Shuli Cowan as a musical improviser, of which she's a great one. But her character work in all forms of improv is so compelling. She took on the character of Windy, W-I-N-D-Y, from the song by The Association. I hope to write a book about what I've learned in my process, but not done with my process. You're not done with you, and you think you will be done with your process at some point before you're dead. It might be the moment I die is when the process ends. It's going to be tough to write a book then. I know. Well, it might. Maybe I'll have to have a book and then a follow-up book. I don't know yet. After, after you're dead. I'm, oh, I, I'm no, put, I was thinking in this life, but you've given me some ideas. No, <laughs> I, I don't want to put any limitations on you. I just No, uh, I like that. I would just, if the process was going to take you to the end of your life, you wouldn't have time to write a book then. If I forget this uh-huh. when we're done, remind me to have a pen when I die, just in case. Mike Cohen was the first player we had on the show that made a big intentional time jump from the song as a starting point. He took the jukebox hero from the Foreigner song and thrust him 20 years into the future, no longer playing guitar, living a whole new mundane, mild life. 180 degrees from the guy that had to keep on rocking. At one point, we added two keyboard players. Went from from like the the Moog and Hammond B3s to uh, all those synthesizers. We had an 18-minute synthesizer off between the two guys. We added a, another drummer. So we had two drummers. We had two keyboardists. And then we brought on a professional monologist. At one point, we're probably about 19, 20 minutes into the, the keyboard off. And then the guy was, uh, he had just started reciting the Magna Carta, which oh, is a yeah, British uh, that, yeah. do- document from 11 something and something. Right. So that was, uh, that was the show. I, I just took the guitar off and I, and I hung it onto my mic stand, and I walked off, uh, and they didn't notice for uh, two days. We pitched one song to Stephanie Weir, Dolly Parton's Jolene. Steph is such an incredible and committed actor that I actually got nervous and uncomfortable talking to Jolene because she was so real. 
was not being flirtatious. I was very gently trying to get out of the car in a way that would not offend or hurt his car, but also said very firmly that I was not interested. But uh, for some reason, it just does, it doesn't seem to translate. Getting out of a car is always a dicey situation because you got to scoot everything and you got to move everything. And especially when someone is not letting you unbuckle your seatbelt or, uh, you know, I don't even know why he insisted I put it on. And I tell you, if I want to wear a seatbelt, I will wear one. If I don't, I should be able to not put it on. I'm not sure they're going to stick around for very long. I think they're more of a fad than a... I cannot wait until this just goes away at all. It crushes your outfit completely. It's uncomfortable. Oh, it's just so silly. I mean, what are the chances that anybody's going to go through a windshield? Discovery is a big part of Anthem of Life. As you can hear in this clip from Jimi Hendrix's The Wind Cries Mary with guest Jessica Young. Do you need help? No, I'm okay. Why does the body have to be full human weight? It's more realistic. Oh, okay. Let me grab the feet. (laughs) Just tonight. Just tonight, you got somebody to help you carry the load. Don't tell anyone. This is totally illegal. This is a real body. Oh, this is a human being? Yes. A deceased human being? There was an accident. Is it the same body every night, or do you get a fresh one? No, we were not anticipating this. I've been trying to stay calm while I'm talking to you, because I didn't think you would notice. I just thought it was part of the show. Does Reginald die in the regular show? Uh, he's not supposed to, but he, he choked on a piece of the pheasant bone. That's Derek Hall? Yes. The actor of the plate, Reginald, that's Derek? Yes. Mary. Two-time Tony nominee. I know who Derek Hall is. The Georgia Tonys. He's the reason why I came to see this show. I was looking for him backstage. They told me he had gone home. So... (laughs) Just kidding, Douglas. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. My God, I got you good. I was about to talk to my producer to say, is it okay if I help uh, Mary dispose of a body? Oh, it's a dummy. That looks just like Derek Hall, by the way. Seriously, did I fool you? Yes, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say the best performance I saw tonight was Mary, who fooled me into (laughs) thinking that that dummy of Derek Hall was actually a dead person. Well, thank you. I really try my best as an improviser not to break Genesee. Brendan Dowling, playing Arthur from Arthur's Theme, surprised me so much with this bit that I lost it and had to ask him to say it again. I hate that I broke, but I'm so glad this bit exists. You know, that's something that we had to do in level four balloonist classes of just um, when to let go and when to hold on. If, If something falls on your head, that does not constitute a let go situation. Really? Yeah. You really only want to let go if your hands are cramping or if you run into an old friend. (laughs) Those are both very good reasons, especially the old friend, because when you run into somebody you haven't seen in a long time, you begin to realize, when's the next time I'm going to see this person? You don't know. And and if I'm putting myself in that person's shoes, if I'm walking down the streets of New York and I see uh, a dear friend from camp or maybe someone I, I worked with for a summer, I'm like, oh, hey, Arthur. 
how are you doing? And that person just kind of holds up that dismissive, like, mm. index finger and, like, gestures to a balloon uh, several thousand feet in the sky. And I'm like, oh, okay. That doesn't make me feel great. Right. But if that person is like, wait a second, I'm letting go of a lead. I'm turning my whole body to you, and I'm really engaged with you, regardless of what kind of birds are flying into said balloon. Or I would feel very special. I'm a fan of the music of Neil Diamond, and so I was thrilled when my old pal Dana Powell agreed to play the iconic Sweet Caroline. Spoiler alert, she is so good, so good, so good. I do a butter churning class twice a day. So we're here for the full day. You know, I do a butter churning class back there. But unfortunately, I can't show it to you right now. There is a couple that has met and they are making love back there. I keep this open to anyone who wants to connect. And to me, that is the basest form of connection when you are inside. Uh, But you keep them away from the, the butter products? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm the only one that manhandles the butter. Okay. I just wouldn't want to think that the... Paul Valancourt is one of the most influential teachers on my improviser's journey and someone whose play I respect immensely. He's such a ninja that he decided to add an extra degree of difficulty for his episode by playing two characters. Here's Paul as Dimitri channeling the dead gambler from the Kenny Rogers song. St. Peter and a couple of the archangels are coming over, and we are betting the highest stakes possible. If I win, then I get to man the pearly gates for 24 hours. You will not be surprised at who I let in. Oh, well, that sounds like really high stakes. Those are those are souls on the The line. highest stakes. The secret of cards is that you are always playing for your soul, my friend. Whether there's money on the table or not, your soul is always on the table. Thank you so much, uh, Reginald Colton Delabar. Reginald, wait, who... Uh, uh, who, who is who is this uh, Reginald Colton Delibar you speak of? Uh, the, is that who came through? Yes, yes. Oh, that's not Shakespeare. Damn it, they tried so hard to think of Shakespeare. Dimitri, don't feel bad. It was really close to no, Shakespeare. No, I feel stupid now. You're going to broadcast this. Everyone's going to see what I've done. Ah, dang it, I feel so dumb. My brother, he's going to ride me and make fun of me for this for ages. I cannot believe My buddy Brett Pearson showed up to his recording thinking he was supposed to play the person singing the song. The song was Every Breath You Take by the Police. Brett quickly shifted his mindset and dove in with me to find an eerily optimistic character who just spent 10 years locked in a room. You never saw a single person for 10 years. Yeah, but you know what? I was seen. It was like I didn't need to see anybody because someone someone was watching me. Someone was like enjoying my presence. I was serving a purpose. I mattered. And maybe you were entertainment. I had to have been entertainment because otherwise they would have canceled me, right? They would have like taken me off the air. The cameras would have stopped. Stephen C. James is a storyteller who builds and realizes incredible worlds with his scene partners. It was a pure joy to discover the world of Counting Crows' Mr. Jones with him. I really dislike sleeping indoors. Really? Yeah. No, do you like camping? Do you like, are you like a tent and sleeping bag person? Or? Tent, a little bit too doorsy for me. I like to be able to look up and see the sky. Just out in nature, you know? Uh, a place where I can wake up with dew on my face. I've got my apartment. 
right? Uh, every night I have dinner, you know, whether I'm out with friends or whether I'm eating at the house, I charge up my electric toothbrush, right? Because I like to have a clean mouth first thing in the morning. Sure. No, no excuse for morning breath. I gather up my knapsack and then I decide where I'm going to go that night. You know, sometimes I'll have a plan in advance and sometimes I'll just say, you know what? I think I'm just going to walk the city until I get sleepy. Do you ever run into hassles out there? I mean, it seems like... San Francisco, it's the city of brotherly love. They say it's Philadelphia... I disagree. There's a reason so many people leave their hearts here. We tell all of our guests that the song is someone else's opinion and that you don't owe it your reality. Molly Erdman embraced this as she recontextualized Jenny, 8675309 by Tommy Two-Tone, as a business-savvy party planner, as in, for a good time call. You had a public television show for a little while. yeah. And that was Miss Jenny's Kitchen. Uh-huh. And... It was great. It was so fun. And then there was choking incidents because food was all plastic. You know, you forget sometimes you can work with kids. You can have kids your whole life and still forget that sometimes they're they're not so smart. And that's not their fault. You know, they're not small adults. They're children. They haven't learned yet. But approach them as if like there's there are no surprises in terms of how how stupid they can be. And, you know, Madison had a an incident. She is fine. Um, she she stops by every now and then you know, for oh. her. We have a sort of deal that we worked out um, oh. to avoid a court fees and all of that stuff. Um, but she comes by once a month. She's doing OK. No hard feelings. But, yeah, that was the end of the, yeah. the cooking show. Yeah. Seamus McCarthy chose Ray from It's a Shame About Ray by the Lemonheads. And my ride with him was a glorious reminder of how much fun it is to live problems rather than fix problems. Hey, if life gives you lemons, make lemonade. If you're type 2 diabetic like I am and you can't have lemonade, try to make some sort of cleaning product that's lemon scented. If you're allergic to cleaning products and you can't be in closed spaces, then just take the lemons and plant the seeds far away so that someone else could have lemon trees in future generations that won't benefit you immediately. That's my philosophy in life. Rachel Drummond took the song You're So Vain by Carly Simon, which in reality has lots of rumors and assumptions about who it is about, and just owned it with a character who is a super prolific muse. A lot of um, TV and film actually has been inspired by me. And like I said, uh, filmmakers are also fascinated by me, not just musicians. And so I have been amused to so many people. And you have seen things that were inspired by me and you didn't even realize it. And it might have been some of those jail scenes. Oh. (laughs) Now, are these things that filmmakers actually reach out and say, hey – you inspired me to make this or is this something you just kind of pick up on or you're like? Yes, both. There are some people who I was there for the moment of inspiration and they jump out of bed or they jump out of the carriage or they jump out of, you know, not a plane, but they jump out of the the airplane bathroom maybe and they run and they jot down their ideas that they were inspired by. And then some people, you know, it just comes up in pillow talk and they say, oh, you inspire me so much and this is the next project that I'm going to do or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes there are people who make something and I say, oh, I, I know where that came from. I'm looking you up on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's do 1836 special thanks. Yes. 
That's a lot of special thanks, Winifred. I am a professional muse, as you can see from my I, credits. Obviously. I mean, mm. with that many special thanks. Special. And that, those aren't just thanks. Those no. are special thanks. It's a separate section. Yeah, obviously yes. you did something special mm. to receive something those things. Something special, sometimes something sexual, often. I mean, not directly. It's not a direct trade. It's not prostitution. I'm a muse. For our episode with Josh Dubose, we made the choice that his character and my character had known each other for a long time. The song was Just What I Needed by The Cars. And our jumping off point was the lyric, I don't mind you hanging out and wasting all my time. That was a traumatic moment when her miniature yeah. tiger bit me. Yeah. Got 18 stitches. I got MRSA too. It's a it's a an infection you can get in the hospital. It's not staph. It's similar to staph, uh, but it's it stays with you forever and you become susceptible to it. You got that from the mini tiger? Well, I got it from the hospital while I was in mm-hmm. getting the stitches. So it was it was an ordeal. I'm fully recovered. Yeah, but uh, I'm a little tiger phobic. They got that nose. Back on like that. Yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, thank, thank the doctors, right? In another first for our show, for Namdi Engwe's episode, the events of the song Before He Cheats by Carrie Underwood were actually happening while we were talking. The song is about a gal vandalizing a dude's truck because he's cheating on her. How many of these truck incidents have happened outside of this karaoke bar? Mm. I want to say 11. Oh, wait, we're at 11 trucks now? I thought we were just a four or five trucks. She has attacked 11 trucks that you've owned. Um, yes, at this location. I thought that was... Yes. That was the question. That was the, that question. Was the yes. question, but I, I guess in my mind, I thought, oh, I guess they've all occurred here. But there's more than 11 trucks involved? I mean, there's a lot. Of, there's a couple of different karaoke bars scattered around town that um, her family works at. Could you even guess how many trucks you've gone through? If, you, if you're saying 11 at this place alone. Uh, this place, yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably like total, actual actual total, probably something closer to like you know, 30, 34, uh, 42, something like that. Mark, mm-hmm. that's a lot of trucks. I have good insurance. I try my best to listen, but sometimes it isn't until about halfway through an episode when you realize that the person you're talking to is a shape-shifting bird. Here is Allie Davis playing Rhiannon from the song by Fleetwood Mac. I got into a fight with a swan more than once in my life, and they, they're they the ones who should have the real reputation oh, for... Oh, really? Yeah. Just prima donna or... Yes, they are. Again, I don't want to get into generalizing, but... It's your experience. Yeah. They're not great-looking adolescents. I'll go ahead and say that. So they get treated badly, and then suddenly when they blossom, sometimes it goes to your head. When mm-hmm. you suddenly realize that you are a fundamentally attractive being and people cannot resist you, it's hard to get your feet back on the ground. Really, you got to do some inner work. And so a swan that hasn't done that inner work, swans and their necks, they're, I got to, all right, I'll go ahead, I'll get into it. Uh, Swan necks are beautiful. Yes, you can make a heart out of them if there's two. Yeah. A long, graceful neck isn't everything. Like read a book. You know what I'm saying? Karen Gracchi is a bottomless bucket of positivity and fun, full stop. She's also a fan of the Beastie Boys and brought a super fun and fresh take on the woman mentioned in their song, She's Crafty. Struggling to bring this up, hmm. your face is on the wall of this post office. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. 
it says wanted. I, I think the police might be looking for you. Yes. Are you involved in criminal activity? You don't have to. Yes. Talk about you it know, you don't want to. my life has been a series of adventures, Douglas. Just real and, quick, it is mm-hmm. a great picture. That's a really nice Thank picture. Thank you so much. That smile. Well, I wanted to hold a cat, but they wouldn't let me do that. And they didn't have a cat. Lucy, mm-hmm. why is there a wanted poster? Oh. It's actually a personal grudge. I used to date the chief of police of Red Bank, and we had a horrible breakup. I wanted to take all the things that were mine from our condo. He wanted to take everything that was his and mine in the condo. So I ended up taking everything that was everyone's from our condo as well as all the condos around us. That, according to him, quote unquote, is theft. John Crowley is an improviser who is always honestly responding to the last thing they heard. John made no choices before we press record for our episode inspired by Bonnie Tyler's Holding Out for a Hero. And we had a blast with his 12th century night. I tell you, the worst injury I ever had was breaking up two women fighting each other. They claw the crap out of me. You'd think this iron would help, but man, they found the weakness. I've never bleed so bad in my life with these two women fighting at me. And and you had to defend them? Well, the problem is I'm a knight, so I can't Uh. exactly punch a woman. That's, you know. Good God, that that's nobody would ever forgive you for that. You know what I mean? So if you do it, but they keep like, listen, you break up two guys. Guys are like, hey, so we're cool. You break up two women. They'll keep coming at you like a windmill. They had clumps of hair as they broke up. But I finally had to be like, ladies, we're not going to resolve this tonight. Let's do this tomorrow. And you two fight to the death. Every problem can be solved in one way. Fight to the death. A fight to the death at appropriate time when everybody's ready. Yes. Sober at dawn, the way we're supposed to do it. The way that a knight would do it. Yeah. Thank you, Doug. Thank you. Like the way a knight would do it. Carrie Clifford and I laughed so much during our exploration of Laura Brannigan's Gloria that I'm amazed I was able to piece together a cohesive episode. But somehow I did? Question mark? I was married to a Chicago bear. Oh, really? Yes. It was the fridge. You were married to William Refrigerator Perry? Yes. You didn't see me, right? You don't recognize me. Was I in the Super Bowl shuffle? No. Did I ask to be? Many times. That's upsetting to me. I know. The fridge and I, it 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 ended. I was just like, William, like, I want to be in that video. And mm-hmm. I had so many ideas. And if you've ever spent a night battling creatively with Jim McMahon, it's really hard. And so finally, I was just like, you know what? If you can't see me for the amazing pianist... And just like the lyricist that I am, then I'm going to leave. But I didn't leave. I made him leave, so I got money. Nick Bush is a real Texan. So we picked a real Texas band, ZZ Top, and set our episode near his real hometown, where he played a minor league baseball mascot who was a sharp-dressed man. In East Texas, we all kind of wear hats, you know, cowboy hats oh, sure. and, and yeah. trucker hats and baseball hats and football helmets. And the cooks wear hats in the kitchen down at the diner. If you tip the hat to anyone, that's just a way of saying hi. The you way know? of saying hello. Way of saying hello. How you doing? Hope all's well. Sometimes it's a Merry Christmas, you know, a, a tip of the hat kind of a thing. Sure, sure. This, I take my hat clean off. That to Baytown is just a sign of like, here we are. We are the community of Baytown. We are the bombers. Don't mess with us. How are y'all doing? Welcome. Let's play some baseball.
That's a lot. It's a lot. To pack into just the right. taking off and of that, a hat. And I was never told that. I just started to do it. And I just kind of decided, like, that's kind of what it means. We probably pitched a Taylor Swift song to half of the people we invited on. It was David Danapore who finally bit and played the fictional, I repeat, fictional subject of We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. I'm writing a short story. Oh. And the short story is about a man who opens up his own little burrito store and also teaches. Like, the burritos come with a lesson in the wrapper. There's a physics burrito, and there's, like, a biology burrito, and there's, like, a J.D. Salinger fan burrito come to think of it there his his estate is very litigious which means they like to um sue you and get involved with the law thank you for that definition i appreciate it there i go again yeah i have never seen that i've never even heard of educational burritos before we know colleen doyle can play an aunt soft plug for her podcast those who aren't but can she play a mom yes she can and she didn't need anything more than the first line of Stacy's Mom by Fountains of Wayne. The song tells us Stacy's Mom has got it going on. Turns out, not so much. I'm a single mom. Oh, you're a single mom. Yeah, yeah. Well, and good on you. That, I know oh, that that's tough. It was another <laughs> accident. You accidentally became a single mom? I, I mean, not on purpose. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> Did something happen to your husband? Or? Oh, he uh, left. Yeah, he had mm-hmm. to go. Because he wanted to. A little bit of a disconnect there? On his end, yeah, for sure. I was under the impression that things were going pretty good. And he apparently was was not. He really um, questioned all the time that we had spent together and why. For a a, a while, I spent a lot of time thinking, oh, he'll come back. You know, don't chase him. You know, Mm -hmm. like sometimes our dog gets out, Pepper. Mm -hmm. And... You know, the kids go, oh, God, the dog's out. And they go, we got to get a pepper. we got to go after pepper. Mm-hmm. And I say, don't you dare go after pepper. You're going to chase her directly into traffic. So when the kids would say, you know, should we go seek dad out, blah, blah, blah. I'll say, don't chase him. You know, you'll run him into traffic. Watching Ithmar Enriquez on stage is a masterclass in the power of vulnerability. And it was so fun to get lost with him as Al from Paul Simon's song, You Can Call Me Al told me that you felt like sometimes you've been unlucky at love. Yes. Most times, if not every. Love is like bingo, except you're trying to spell love. And if you're one square off, you know, you don't get to yell bingo, right? Many times I've had L-O-V and the E just won't. Aww. It just won't. It won't come up. My stamp is ready, you know? That is beautiful and heartbreaking. And if you don't get all the letters... Right. You don't get love. Oh, because you know what what I have spelled many times is you're trying too hard. (laughs) That card comes up a lot. Thank you so much for all the listens so far. In 2024, we'll have more great improvisers giving us their playful take on the fictitious characters from real songs. Our cool theme song was not surprisingly produced by the very cool Ben Wise. Find out all about his music at benwise.bandcamp.com. Additional music provided by Icarus. We have an eclectic and ever-growing Anthem of Life playlist on Spotify. The link is in the show notes. You can find us on Instagram at Anthem of Life Podcast. Give us a follow and let us know a song or even an improviser that you'd like to hear on the show. Until next time, we wish you 
a life worth singing about.